1: That how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner.
0: These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. What? Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com.
1: We, we didn't let that kind of uh, affect us in any way. We went out there in the third inning, had another really nice inning, had some good swings, made them work, and, and got them out of the game ultimately. And once you do that, that's a good sign. That, that's, a, that's a good thing. Um... No doubt about that. So, I mean, it's one thing. We, we, we had the good at bats. We also hit the balls hard and uh, brought the guys around. So,
2: I mean, they're, they're just, there's there's just a lot to like.
0: That was the, the football equivalent of a baseball answer there. Sw- as many baseball cliches as you can. move. We swung the bats well, moved some guys around. Hit a them good hard. day at the yard. Hit, hit the ball hard. <laughs> fielded the ball cleanly. Got him out threw the early. ball over the plate. Got him out early. <laughs> Kept the tempo, the pace going. Yes. There should be a, twins go, a... twins go card of Rocco cliches because I think we yeah. just got a big. Oh, God. Right that's there. a great idea. <laughs> yeah. We should, man. We can we can keep tally here on this. Uh this new feature here on Monday, Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. This is the second week of our state of the Twins address. That's right. Done, the twins man. just clobbered the Chicago Cubs. The poor Cubs came in here all haughty. Oh, we're better than we thought we were. No, you're not. What'd they score? Sixteen runs on the Cubs yesterday? Yes. Sixteen runs. Yes. There's a Joey Gala home run ball that we're still we're still waiting for it to land so uh, we can get the official it, it measurement. It broke StatCast. Yeah. We're going to talk about that by the way. That'll actually be in the in the okay. early portions here right. cuz I want to get your guys thoughts on this mm-hmm. but uh but welcome in. This is the State of the Twins and every Monday we're going to do a deep dive based on the Twins fans that still listen to this show even though we barely talked Twins at all last year. <laughs> I feel like we used to pride ourselves on daily deep dive Twins break. We did. And then uh, apathy set in with the fan base, but the twins are in first place. We will give you multiple categories of interest in our state of the twins. We will dive deep into all of them presented by our friends at modest Declan. So over the weekend, I went over to uh, my favorite local liquor store and picked up a little case of the Supra deluxe premium lager. This bad boy right here on the YouTube channel. Oh, my God. That's a refreshing, amazing summertime beer. Uh, tap room in the North Loop, right next to Target Field, and cans available in liquor stores throughout the metro. Yeah, the Supra is a, a one of my
2: favorite ones in the tap room as well. You can get it at your local liquor store. They also have a plethora of great options. If you're into sours, they have those. If they're into loggers, you like an easy drinking lager. they have those as well. Uh, some great IPAs too. One of my favorite spots in the North Loop uh, to go to before a Twins game. Modest Brewing got the great patio out there too. You can get the beer inside, go enjoy yourself outside on that little patio. What, what's better than that? Beer, patio, baseball. Those are all my favorite things, man. And Love them. And bombs
0: and bombs.
2: bombs. Catching like, Joey Gallo. You got to be
0: careful on that modest brewing patio though, because a Joey Gallo home run yeah. ball could just land It'd on your it. head at any time. Curve yeah. around,
1: yeah. <laughs> really take
0: you out. Uh, one of the coolest craft breweries in the Twin Cities, Modest Brewing. In the North Loop. So, all right, let's start with it. We're going to do what we do on the Purple Daily, State of the offense. I'll give you guys, I'll start giving you an overall snapshot of where the Twins are at going into the Monday, and then we'll do the four categories. So, overall snapshot, Twins are 23-18, and 18, three and a half games up on Cleveland, four games up on Detroit. The Twins pitching in defense is currently second in runs allowed per game behind only tampa bay so in terms of preventing runs mark the twins are the second best team in baseball at preventing runs mm-hmm. but here's the crazy thing after the weekend the twins offense is now 11th in runs scored per game it's a fringe <laughs> top <laughs> 10 offense <laughs> with the second best ops with runners and scoring position in all of baseball that's wow. what
1: that's what twenty seven runs in a span of two days with eight yeah, home runs will do for your offense. <laughs>
0: that'll do it. Yeah, and it's all it's it's we're still kind of in small sample size range here, so we're like one outburst over two days can can reset where you rank there. According to Baseball Reference, the Twins have a sixty four percent chance to make the playoffs, a two percent chance to win the World Series. But according to fan graphs, the Twins have a seventy nine percent chance to make the playoffs with a 5% chance to win the World Series. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Where's that piece of hardware?
1: Where's that piece of steel from the commissioner?
0: So before I get into the categories, just any thoughts on the overall snapshot? People were freaking out about the offense. Now it's a... Dude, if if you're telling me the rest of the year, we're going to get the second-best pitching staff and defense combination in all of baseball and a fringe top-10 offense... That is a formula for not only a playoff team, but a team that can do damage in the playoffs. If this is their profile,
1: the pitching definitely can. Yeah, and it, look, I would like to see the, the bats just reach just a happy place, a medium place. You don't need to score sixteen runs, but you know, on on Friday there was consternation because I think they scored one run, and then the last two days against the Cubs, they absolutely exploded. But you know, let's just get to a nice no, normal place. It doesn't need to be. Uh, 10 runs or more, but I absolutely continue to say this, and it's the most impressive thing to me. The starting pitching, the starting pitching has just been so damn solid. And I'm finally glad to see those guys get rewarded with even the ridiculous run support of the past two games because the one thing I, I hate is it felt like when the bats were slumping that you were missing opportunities because your pitching was so damn good. And the starters were so good. And there is a 1,000% a story here, too, that I would love to see explored about the philosophical change here. Sonny Gray did not just go into Rocco and say, let me pitch more or I won out. Now, I know that he threw down the gauntlet, and that's awesome. Don't blame him. But aren't there starters now first in length in baseball as They're far up as in- there. innings pitched? Yeah. And they've already
0: basically matched the amount of seven-inning starts that they had all of last year. And some of it is they just have a better rotation one through five. Sure. And they they had 40% of their rotation last year was just designed to come out after four and two-thirds. So some of it was just, like, self-inflicted the way they set up the rotation. But how many times last year, too, did you see a guy that was pretty much cruising with, like, 87 pitches through five or six? Yep. And and you're you're pulling him out of the game before something bad happens which I get it. I understand that, but it's at the expense of taxing your bullpen. If you can get six or seven quality innings out of a starting pitcher, it reduces stress on your bullpen. It makes it so that you don't have to use relievers on back-to-back days nearly as often. It just makes everything better. If you can get, now in a playoff game, sometimes you have to make a tough call because maybe a guy is about to get blown up, depending on what he looks like. I get it. Sometimes the Twins have been premature in playoff games to pull starting pitchers, but it's Whatever the reason, you're right. It's a totally different to this point after a month and a half uh, philosophy with their starting pitchers, and that brings us to the first category, which has nothing to do with pitching. And the category is called "You All Laughed." Yeah, you raise your hand, Declan, because you laugh the loudest. Oh, acknowledge gosh, me.
1: No. Oh, oh God, here, here we, we go. go. Here oh, we go. Yeah,
2: here it is.
0: We should have known he'd do this. His name is Joseph Gallo. In case you hadn't heard. He has the highest OPS on the Twins by over 100 points right now. He has nine home runs, which leads the Twins right now. And he leads all Twins position players in wins above replacement. He had a towering home run over the weekend that peaked like above the IDS tower, basically. And uh, it took 24 hours to fully measure the magnitude of such a Babe Ruthian blast at Target Field. Joey Gallo is going to give you some stretches where he strikes out 15 times and 20 at bats. He disappears for chunks. Yep. But he has been great for this lineup, and he's one of the most fun players to watch if you're a ticket holder because he might do something like he did on Saturday. So – you all laugh. Go ahead, Dex. Old you McAdachan. defend yourself. He suggested you're, almost a year ago. Being that Joey Gallo would be great on this baseball team. So you're, you're,
2: you're you said ticket holders. So you're saying this is what brings old Dex tweets back into the season ticket plan. He actually moved. Why do he, you
0: think? Why Why do you think there were 33,000 people at the yard on Sunday? You think it's because of Cub fans? No, it's because people geez, wanted to Joey watch oh, the modern uh, day uh, Babe Ruth. Who I Joey think, Gallo uh, entered
2: that weekend with no <laughs> hits in his last 22 at bats before exploding. Before exploding for a towering home run that, yeah, broke StatCast, and I don't buy for a second that, didn't they say 422? Yes, and it, that, that's, that's BS. crap, dude. It said, uh, actually, I saw AJ put out the
0: uh, the graphic on it. Yeah, 422 it the, feet. It hit
1: the scoreboard, right?
0: It, I,
2: it,
0: it, it went above the upper deck and hit off the advertisement, right? Yeah, it was. It, he hit it over the upper deck
2: in right center field. Crushed off the bat at 110 miles per hour. Yeah, I... I Four hundred twenty-two feet. I'll try five hundred and twenty-two feet. Maybe. I mean, that thing was crushed. This is the, you're getting the Gallo experience. You're getting the full Joey Gallo experience. And this offense is feast or famine, right? They've gone through stretches where they can't score runs, but then they have twenty-seven runs in the last two games. Um, I don't know if I love him at the top of the leadoff spot. That worked for him. I like that. So maybe maybe this is the spot where you don't mess with he, it. Right? Even
0: he's saying he hates. He's he, like, he I don't want to do it. this. Please go to Rocco. I don't want to do yeah. this. If it ain't Rocco's broke, like, don't fix it. Bombs. So I'm
2: guess I'm cool with it. But uh, but he's been awesome. All right, he's been a really good player. But he's also streaky. I'm not in love with Joey Gallo, but he's been a, he's been a crucial part of the Twins in 2023. How's the hamstring? Well, he he tweaked it. I know. So and he said he expected
1: to play, but they they also said that Mally might miss his next start and might not. And now he's having surgery. Max Kepler yeah. had had a cramp and now he's on the ten day. Injured list. So I'm just curious. I was a little worried about yeah. that.
0: The good news is if you're Joey Gallo, you know, you're pretty much just jogging everywhere. Anyway, Can I, so. uh,
1: I'll, I'll take what Deck said and just make this much simpler. Last week I called Gallo unplayable and I would like to right now apologize to Joey. Joey, you know what? I went a little too far. I went too far and you know what? I have to accept you as you are, which is Feast or famine, but when it's feast, it's sure fun. You, you are the Adrian Peterson of baseball. Famine, 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 <laughs> feast. You lose two yards, you lose three, <laughs> you get no gain. The next thing you break loose, he's loose 85-yard touchdown, okay? Joey Gallo, just make this as simple as possible.
0: From me to you, I am sorry. His So his two best seasons were in 2017-18 with Texas, where he played the full year, he didn't get injured, And he was giving you the full Joey Gallo experience. And it's a listen, it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. If you're, you know, Declan brought up the 0 for 22 where you couldn't make contact. That's part of the Joey Gallo experience. He will do that many more times this year where you're just like, you say what Judd said, which is he's unplayable. But you have to just sort of live with it. You have to run him out there for 140 games and live with the cold stretches because he can carry you for stretches. So his average season over those two, he had hundred and forty-five games one year, hundred and forty-eight the next year. He hit uh let's see here. I'll just give you the average within two seasons. He hit forty home runs, eighty-six RBIs, but he batted two oh nine with a three twenty two on base percentage. So he's gonna he's not gonna, you know, he's he's his batting average, if if he hits above two hundred this year, it'll be a win in the batting average department. But he is there to hit bombs, to get on base a little bit and to, to hit towering fly balls that are apparently impossible to quantify. So I'm going to defend StatCast a little bit here. StatCast is using actual data, not just binoculars from the press box. Oh, wow, that ball landed right here. Let's see. Go uh, like we'll look seating. at my chart, right? Yeah, yeah, like a chart. It's using exit velocity and launch angle to decide what would the path have been unimpeded.
1: It's so is the that what okay. De-
0: it's the most majestic home run in Target Field history, unless you count the top of the flagpole home run that Jim Tomey hit. That was awesome, because it was—I think it was a walk-off homer against the White Sox, right? That went off the top of the flagpole. I think so, yeah. Or maybe that was a different home. That was run, a but different home run, yes. But this they're home using run was like incredible. math and data. It, yeah, it's it's the most majestic and tallest home run I think, but. Unlike a laser beam that, that would have gone out maybe fifty four twenty two does still seem so light four, to me though. So
1: wait, so they, they are saying then that 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 is a projection of if it if it hadn't hit an object to stop it.
0: Yes. Well, it should, was coming it was coming down basically, you know. Wow, yeah, I, I don't know about four twenty two. Feels like it should have been longer.
1: Yeah but I I'd, will defend stack as well. Well that's fine. I'd like to fire them all and start start my <laughs> you, you know what? I'm going to start Judd Guest, Guest Cast. because it's, it's It'd be a lot more fun if I came in and said, bleep you, 520. Wouldn't that you be know, more fun?
0: You know what we need? We need stack cast to go back. There's all these home runs in baseball history that people talk about, right? When Reggie Jackson hit the light tower at the top of Tiger Stadium. Tiger Stadium. It was like a 600-foot home run, and stack cast comes in. They're like, actually, it was like 439.
1: You know what they based are? Down the launch angle. and the edge Kill Joy Cast. They're a bunch of killjoys. <laughs> they, you suck, Statcast. You're just a bunch of boring people. <laughs>
0: Five hundred and thirty-five feet. All right. Second, uh, second category here is the Judd Zolgad influence. That's my, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm. You all laughed at Judd. Okay. Carlos Correa, since being called out by Judd, since being held accountable by Judd, yes. By Judd. Yep. Has a five-game hit streak with five extra base hits, eight runs batted in, and a 1,058 OPS over those five games. His average has increased 22 points. His on-base percentage has increased by 19 points. And his slugging percentage has increased by 44 points since Judd called his highly paid ass to the carpet. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. And so we, we did
1: exchange some tweets with a guy who thought that I was actually get, getting on the fans. Well, first of all, you booed him, which was a great move. He clearly was pissed off. That's awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: And but, he reacted
1: to it. But what I way. but all I said when I called him out was I was surprised there wasn't more m- made of his slump from the media. I wasn't like the fans did exactly what the fans should do, which is, dude, you're making $35 million a year? Give us something. Yeah. So... I credit the fans. My point was why is, for the most part, nobody else talking about this highly paid player not doing more and now he's doing more?
0: You know what I've actually seen from the Twins uh, blogosphere from Bloggerville, Twins Bloggerville, is mocking the notion that media is here to hold entities accountable. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen and they're that. posting mocking pictures of Judd. Maybe I should hold my sandwich accountable for not having enough mayonnaise, right? You, you and I, get it's all it's all in good fun. This is all just you know fun, meaningless sports fodder. But yes, it is. It is. If if you have a platform, mm-hmm. no, how much influence you have or how much effect your like, does you standing on a mountain saying, "Boy, Carlos Correa is off to a garbage start," despite making thirty six million dollars, does that have a direct correlation to him going on a five game hit streak and you know eight runs driven in and increasing his slugging percentage by forty four points? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I think to take the opposite stance, which is, well, media and people with platforms should say or do nothing at all to create dissension or to blow a whistle on something that's not right. Because what are you going to, you know, what what influence do you really have? I think it lies in the middle somewhere. Yes. Um, and I I applaud you for calling out something that didn't seem right with the Twins. And for the most part, fans deserve
1: Like, unless it's just asinine, fans deserve to have their voice heard. We are now, I mean, may I remind you that we are now within a month of a former Wild player actually dumping on the fans before the team because they booed a team that didn't show up for Game 6. And you've got to understand the moment. You can't, you shouldn't boo. Okay? What folly? Do you know what people pay now to go to games? Fans yeah. deserve, again, unless they are being completely out of line, which they sure weren't against uh, in Game 6 for the Wild or with Correa.
2: You know what? You got a voice. It should be heard. I agree with the fans. Korea's yep. also been incredibly clutch in seven to ninth inning situations, too, this season. Mm. So I'll bring some stats here to the table. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. All right. A stat attack here. Double stats. So in innings 1 through 3 Carlos Correa is hitting 164. He has 10 hits in 61 at bats. first time through. That's bad. Those are those years are deserved. Middle innings 4 through 6. Hitting 152, just 7 hits in 46 at bats. Send his ass back to the Mets. You drink wine coolers. But in innings 7 through 9 Carlos Correa is hitting 361, OPS over 1,000, 13 hits, and 36 at-bats. Wow.
0: Dude, he's the Kirk, he's the Kirk Cousins of the Twins. He's the
1: stats. Here come the stats.
0: Fourth quarter comebacks. Amazing. That's actually not wrong. The Judd Zolgat influence. Never doubt the power I of Can't Judge wait to see Twitter
1: in a couple yeah. hours.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, before we get to categories three and four, a shout-out to our friends over at Underdog Fantasy, making it more fun to watch sports this summer.
2: Especially NBA playoffs. So, Dex Tweets has been just taking these pick them options. That, but they give you just special options on the all the time Underdog Fantasy. They're basically gifting you a parlay option. So anytime these have been happening, they trickle in, I'd like to take them. So yesterday... Was that James
0: Harden over .5, five was points. pretty close yesterday, actually. Yeah, oh,
2: yeah. only nine, but it hits. And Al Horford in a Game 7, that's a lock. I mean, come on got you know, rebounds and assists—that's no problem either. The Joker always puts up big stats. You know that's gonna happen. Underdog Fantasy—the best place to get a sweat on NBA playoffs, MLB, NHL playoffs too. You can go to UnderdogFantasy.com and when you use promo code SCORE S K O R, they'll match your first deposit up to one hundred dollars. Go to Underdog Fantasy—the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports.
0: All right, category number three here in our State of the Twins Monday, Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. The category is called Young Saviors. Mm. Alex Kirloff is off to a white-hot start through eight games. You're just yeah. praying that the risk can hold up, obviously, but he had, he had a multi-home run game over the weekend. He's batting over 400. I think his on-base is over 600. He's hitting the ball hard everywhere. And, you know, if he stays healthy, he has potential to be one of the two or three best hitters in this lineup. Like, I would argue if yes. all of the hitters are performing at their absolute peak, yes. that he is one of your two or three best hitters. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that could win a batting title. He's a guy that can hit maybe 25, 30 home runs, driving a bunch of runs. So just cross your fingers on the wrist. And then I'll throw one more out before I get your reaction. So Royce Lewis began his rehab assignment over the weekend for A Wichita after tearing his ACL almost a year ago. His second game on Saturday, two for three with a double, a walk, three runs scored. And so he's working his way back. I don't know what their plan is for him if they just keep him down, but they got if to me third third base is open if he wants to play third base the rest of the season. Agreed. So uh if Kirloff continues to play well and stay healthy, and if Royce Lewis is on the way, all of a sudden you feel a little bit better about the offense's early struggles, you feel a little bit better about the future of the organization with these two guys, these two injury prone guys, but young saviors are are potentially on the way here for the twins. This might sound premature, but I believe that Kirilov is
1: if if you were to make a top 5 list of most important twins, like guys who are the most oh. Im- important, Kirilov's on that list. Oh, he's I agree. he is that talented, he is that good. He brings Dare I say he brings a stabilizing influence with his abilities that the lineup ordinarily lacks. Um, He has, as Phil said, the ability to hit 25 to 30 bombs. And just as importantly, he's going to get on base. And when he's going well, watch him hit. He has an approach that most guys just don't have. Uh, So in watching him, I actually thought that that was one of the hidden things of the Saturday and Sunday explosions offensively was his importance and the fact that it's no accident that he played and contributed a lot and that they they looked that good. And I don't know, you know, and guys get, get hurt, so this all might change, but Max Kepler, and I know he got going a bit. I just don't care. I just don't. Um, Alex Kirilov to me is one of your, and, and this includes uh, pitching too. Alex Kirilov is one of your five most important players. That if he can stay on the field, I think he changes your ability to make noise in season and potentially playoffs too. Because he is totally flat line; he does not get up or down. He's boring as hell, but that's not bad for an athlete. Um, yeah, that was the one, I I thought that was the one not hidden story, but I thought it was a pretty important takeaway from the last two games is just the magnitude of the importance of Kirloff's ability to stay in that lineup.
0: Real quick too. his, his career has been just, it's, it's the timing of some of these, these things is unfortunate. So he was drafted. He was a first round pick back in, I believe 2016 or 17 in 2000. Then he had an injury of some kind, might've been the first wrist injury. His age 20 season in 2018, so he played a full season of A-ball. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. He batted 348 with a 400 on base percentage. Let me count here. 71 extra base hits in 560 plate appearances. Just insane. Like literally one in every eight times he comes to the plate and he's got an extra base hit. Just insane. Not to count all the singles. He had like 100 singles that year too. Um, and then the and then two years later, he, I think there's another wrist thing, and then the pandemic hits, and the minor league season was wiped out entirely in 2020. Mm-hmm. So all those guys got delayed by a year. And then he gets called up in 2021, shows a bunch of flashes. Has I think he had a bad spring training, I want to say, and he he spent some time in the minor leagues in 2022. Where he got sent back down. So this was his first chunk of AAA play in 2022, last year. He hit 360 with a 465 on base percentage in the 157 plate appearances. He has just absolutely destroyed every level of the minor leagues. And I think if his wrist hadn't flared up and if the pandemic didn't happen in 2020, 2 years ago he would have been your number 3 hitter number number 2 number 3 hitter, you know, flirting with batting titles, but we we just don't know what kind of a player he can be with all the injuries and wear and tear and Um, But if these eight games are any sign, this is great. But we're going to be walking on eggshells for a long time around Alex Kirloff, unfortunately. And Royce Lewis, she's just kind of this unicorn that you saw for five minutes, and then you ran into a wall and now you just hope that you can keep him healthy too. Third base. Third base. Yes. Let's go stand over there, play some third, do your thing. Right. Mm -hmm. All right, category number four here. This is going to be... A little torturous for some Twins fans, but it's called Old Friends. I think we can, we can check in on some old friends here, uh, starting with Brent Rooker. Oh, yeah. I want to know how you guys feel about this. Yeah. Yep. Again, this is State of the Twins here, so we're going to include yeah, all Mac tentacles. Typical negative, yeah. Mac. Yeah, I just can't believe it's it. It's just a check-in. It's not necessarily negative. It's just a check-in. Dex. So Brent Rooker was traded to San Diego. Mm-hmm. This is back a couple years ago now. Along with Taylor Rogers. Yeah. Who at the time, by the way, his stock was very high. At the time, I know that he, the Twins, probably moved off him at the right time, but he was a good trade chip at the time. So it was Brent Rooker and Taylor Rogers for Chris Paddock and Emilio Pagan, and then Rooker kind of bounced around. He he got moved to Kansas City, and then Kansas City placed him on waivers, and Oakland picked him up before the season. So as of today, May 15th, 2023, Brent Rooker leads the major leagues in home runs, slugging percentage and OPS. Yeah. He has 11 home runs. He's 28 years old already, which is kind of crazy. Like he used to be this kind of, well, he wasn't, he was never that young cause he came out of college, but he's always been kind of a butcher in the field, but he's one of the best hitters in all of baseball so far through the first month and a half. And, uh, the Twins have Chris Paddock and Emilio Pagan to show for it, in addition to also getting rid of the trade chip at the time that was Taylor Rogers.
2: Paddock's
1: so. got team control.
0: <laughs> Still, yes. Team
2: control. Rogers <laughs> and cash, too, with that trade to the San Diego they Padres. They paid a on salary. They, yeah. they paid him, uh, which was also tough. I was a big Brent Rooker fan. Um, too, I thought I was. Rooker was someone that, yes, uh, he's a butcher in the field, but he's a classic DH. He can run into some baseballs. He's got unbelievable power. I that Mississippi State, he just put up ridiculous numbers. He was uh, a top 50 pick in the draft that year. So he was a damn good player. Um, I think punting on him was a little tough. And to, and to basically trade, at the time, your best reliever, a middle-tier prospect who was kind of log-jammed, and cash for damaged goods, and a reliever who basically shipwrecked you all of last season, that, that was a pretty bad trade. I'm I'm going to the- call it as a bad trade that was that we I, th- can th- I think it's it one out. of the worst
0: trades in twins history
2: I don't know it's, if I'm gonna go a, that far wow but I think it's a pretty bad trade it's a black eye trade that I don't believe we talk about enough from the falvey Levine
0: regime one of the worst well, th- wow I think the only thing that makes it not I guess I'll back up a step the only thing that makes it not one of the worst trade because like let's just start with who did you get back well you got sure. a guy with a torn UCL a known torn UCL yep we've we've belabored that point on the show so we don't need to and then Emilio Pagan comes in, and I think his home run rate over the over like the last year in San Diego, his first year with the twins, and then whatever happens this year, if you add up all of the innings, I mean his home run rate was on pace to shatter Burt Blylevin's home run record if he were to get that many innings. He was just he was a disaster last year. And so the only thing that prevents it from being a total train wreck is that you at least sold high on Rogers before kind of the the shine wore off on him. But at the time people forget, like at the time he was a huge trade chip for you. How, how are you going to deploy him? Now, maybe other teams saw some things in him. Maybe his stuff wasn't as good and maybe every team saw it, but for, uh, for Brent Rooker to be exploding like this too. And yeah, Declan said it. there was a log jam. He doesn't really have a defensive position. I'm a little skeptical that at the end of the year, he will still be yeah. leading the league in home runs, slugging percentage, you no, know, probably slugging percentage. But, um, yeah, like, you, you traded a couple interesting assets, and to this point, you've gotten almost nothing to show for it, so it was pretty objectively a bad trade.
2: Yeah, I mean, in college, and this is, I know this is only college and minors, but in the college ranks, so in, in D1 level, at a really good school, he slugged 660. In the minor yeah, leagues, he, he slugged 543. He crushed,
0: he crushed Friday night pitching, so I, I've had a couple connections through, like, the SEC baseball world, and uh, I was told when they drafted him, this is a great pick, Go look at what he did to Friday night pitching in the SEC, which is like major league pitchers being <laughs> drafted. Just destroyed those guys. But again, it took him until age 28 to figure it out. It's right. True. So,
2: and an opportunity where he was going to get a ton of at bats, and he had a right. decent amount of bats two years ago. But yeah, I, I think giving up on him was a lot more tough, and makes that trade for with the Padres and Rogers for Pagan and Paddock look even worse.
0: Another old friend? Unless you have another Rooker thought real quick. Yeah,
1: here's my point about this. And it's not it's not about the player in particular, but it's about this. Can we figure out a way, can the Twins figure out a way to vet the injury status of pitchers that they're going to acquire just a bit better? Just a bit. I'm not asking for a ton here, but, I mean, in Paddock's case, you're right. The Mets said, Whoo, your UCL's a mess. No, thank you. In Malley's case, he had had some stints. Uh, I, I just I wonder if there is a way that you can have a little bit more. It's one thing if the guy is completely healthy, walks in the door, and his arm explodes, okay? But you got to think that there is a better way, if you're going to acquire a guy, to have a little bit more on the medical front than the twins seem to have had uh, since Dyson,
0: right? Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know the answer, and... And part of it is just pitchers are all sort of taking time bombs, and you know that. But to your point, you already know that all pitchers are taking time bombs. And then you go and get a guy in Paddock that was on the shelf with a torn UCL that was gonna, trying to rehab it. We're going to rehab this Which thing. Never, and the Twins made the trade. It just, never really works. Now, at the end of the day, the Twins, despite some of these bad trades, have put together one of the best pitching staffs in baseball through the first six weeks of the season. Yep. So it took like six years to finally put Top notch pitching on the field, and actually that brings me to this next one He's just checking in on old friends. So Yanir Cano was one of the relievers. It was there was a multiplayer trade that brought Jorge Lopez from Baltimore <laughs> to the Twins. Yeah, and I will say Jorge Lopez has been really good this season for the most part. He's he's got a a good ERA. Like he's going to give up some runs here and there. He's been I think his ERA is actually under two for the season. There's been a couple weird things with him, but Lopez has been fine for the Twins. Cano, this season for the for the Orioles, he's one year younger than Lopez. Lopez is 30, Cano is 29, he's from Cuba. 15 appearances, 19 and two-thirds innings. He has not allowed a run yet. He has not issued a walk yet in 19 and two-thirds innings. He has 22 strikeouts, no walks, and only four hits allowed in 19 and two-thirds innings. Among all qualified relievers, in case you're wondering, is this luck? Is there a bit of batted ball luck in here? So, among all qualified relievers, Cano has the lowest hard hit rate of any reliever in baseball. Only 10% of batted balls are squared up on Cano, near Cano. So, you know, does he fall off a cliff at some point? Do scouting reports catch up? I don't know, because he was really bad for the Twins when they ran him out there last year, but... uh He's been one of the best relievers in all of baseball for a Baltimore team that's like ten games over five hundred. Have
1: you seen that division?
0: That division is Dude, nuts. It's, yes. The Yankees are like the worst team in that division. I think Boston is now, but they're all good. It's incredible. Yeah, and the Rays are sitting up top. How do you guys feel about Randy or Arena stopping to pause and do the uh after he hits home runs around third base and he, he does the mug sort of Crosses his arms and looks into his dugout. He got he got hit twice for doing that last week. He still does it, by the way. The swag. Uh, yeah, I mean. Tampa Bay Rays swag. You, you know what? I used to be,
1: and I, I think it's safe to say, used to be more, not entirely, but more of, of a baseball traditionalist. I'm just done with it all now. I'm, I'm seriously let done. Let guys
0: have fun. Well, let guys have fun. Not just
1: let guys have fun, but, I mean, there was a time when I think the thought of a clock in baseball would, would have repulsed me, right? But then players jumped the shark and decided that they were going to step out after every pitch or walk around the, the mound. And now I love that clock. I would kiss that clock if I could. So I just think I'm done with – I think there was a time where where baseball was – like this sacred cow, and I get that, and I actually appreciate that time. But, you know, if they're going to continue to have a young fan base or grow one, they are going in the right direction now. And I ain't going to sit here and say, my 53-year-old ass don't like that because that's not the baseball I I knew. I would far rather see the sport survive and potentially thrive than disappear because they adhere to a bunch of rules that clearly a new generation or two of fans don't give a damn about. That's my feeling about this whole thing.
0: Guys like Randy Rosarena make the sport more fun. Can you imagine if in the NFL, remember Cam Newton used to do the Superman celebration? Yes. Oh, you got to knock his block off next time (laughs) he shows us up like that. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Roger's doing the title belt celebration for all those years. why are we throwing
1: at people still? It's ridiculous. Like, it's a baseball. It it could do some damn... Nobody who is celebrating is damaging you.
0: I would tell these these teams, these pitchers, these managers, if Randy Rosarena hits a five hundred foot home run and wants to stop around third base to mean mug to his teammates in the dugout and do like a fun little pose, if you throw a baseball at him, you're rejected and suspended for 60 days. Like, get it out. Just like hockey sometimes. Like, if you don't want guys taking cheap shots, Suspend them for a hundred games and see what happens. Right. There's not a hundred games in or slash
1: guys, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like your stick is a weapon. If you want to check a guy hard, I don't care. That's fine. But your stick, the baseball is a weapon. I can throw it a hundred miles per hour. Likely if I'm a pitcher now, how is that? Like the proper comeback for you
0: post. It is hilarious. Yeah. Just like quit being overly sensitive. Your game. Needs more fun. I don't know how we wound up on that tangent, but that's your statement. There's a Rosarani. You brought your him up. It's great. St- I know. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Despite despite uh, a couple of trades gone awry there, potentially one for sure, the Twins are still on pace to make the playoffs, maybe win 90 games, and have the best pitching staff we've seen in years and one of the most fun home run hitters we've seen in years, Joey Gallo. So, all right. Any final Twins thoughts from you guys before we. Say goodbye here. Nope, got it all off your chest. Good night
2: stuff. games this week, baby. L.A. Dodgers, Angels. A lot of late Let's
1: night get starts it. done by midnight. I bet too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you won't have to wait till four in the morning. I to love watch that clock. I love Coast you,
1: Coast you clock.
0: All right, that's a wrap Your Minnesota sports with Mackie and Judd. Our state of the Twins presented by Modest Brewing.